Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay Goodman. I'm a certified trauma recovery coach, and I'm also a survivor of abuse in a queer relationship. I'm here to help validate and support those who are or have been in my shoes and to help spread awareness of what these kinds of relationships can look like. Today, I'm going to talk to you about the difference between when a healthy person sets a boundary or a non-abusive person sets a boundary versus when an abusive person sets a boundary. Before we begin, I want to do a little bit of a disclaimer for my folks watching on YouTube. Um, I do apologize. I'm in my car. It's evening time, so I don't have the best video quality right now, but I had some free time and I'm feeling really creative right now. So I'm going to go ahead and flow, you know, what flow, let it flow go with the flow. I don't know what I'm starting to say. I'm also very tired. Um, it's been a really busy couple of weeks for me lately. So like I said, I'm going to roll with it. And um, I appreciate you tolerating the, at least from what I can see, it's kind of a grading video. So I apologize. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Um, let's see. I'm going to go ahead and dive in with my struggles and successes for this week. Um, I would say struggle is that I'm feeling a little bit down, like I have a low-key sort of griefy sadness type thing going on. Um, I don't think I've filmed any episodes since my dog passed away, but we had to put our 16 year old miniature schnauzer down, um, on Valentine's day and I'm past the initial like yucky, 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 raw grief that you feel when you first lose a pet or when you're first grieving for anything really. Um, and so now it's less obvious, which can be really confusing if you're not like super aware that that's, that can be what you're feeling. So it's just kind of like this low key, you know, funk that I'm in, um, got some brain fog going on. So I'm like, why can't I, well, I'm still working through some grief, right? It's, it makes sense that I'm not sort of on top of my game right now. So that's been a struggle. Um, a success. Mm -hmm. That'd be a tough one. A success will be that I'm, I'm, I'm doing a really good job lately of focusing on some of my professional goals. That really took me a minute to think about. Um, I'm working with someone who's sort of helping me get that stuff done, and I really appreciate all of her help. She's kind of helping me tackle some of the like more administrative things that I don't love doing, and she's great at it. Um, and also, I have um, offered a six week program for my one-on-one -on -one coaching, which is something that's new for me. And so far, a couple of people have already booked that six week program. And so I'm really happy with that. I'm really glad that I chose to do that. I was kind of hesitant, like, oh, I don't know if anyone needs this. I do have a lot of imposter syndrome and I already have a couple of clients who are, who are in it to win it. So, um, that's a huge success for me. Cause you know, if I look back a year ago, two years ago, I never would have thought that I would be here helping people in this way. And you know, trying to find different ways to make it work for different people. Um, so that always makes me really happy. Um, okay, I'm going to dive right in. I do have a limited amount of time. I'm going to lose the light and then y'all are just not going to want to watch this at all because you're just going to be like, I can't even see if there's a person there. So yesterday I was sitting in my car and I was thinking about 
boundaries. And I actually was coaching someone while I was sitting in my car. I was like, when did this come up? I remember making a TikTok. Uh, but we talked about this tendency of abusive people to, to set a boundary only after you have set your boundary. And it got me thinking about, you know, what it looks like when we're trying, trying to set a boundary versus when they are. So when I set boundaries, and I'm not that great at it, I'm so much better than I ever have been in my entire life since I started my healing journey. But like not, most of us weren't taught to set boundaries. We were made to feel guilty setting boundaries. Um, a lot of us have so much empathy or, you know, we just want to be the nice person. We want to look out for the other person, even though they're not looking out for us at all. And so we get walked on, you know, we set a boundary and then we waver and all of that stuff. But when I set a boundary, it's because I'm feeling yucky and I want to figure out a way to make it better. So, you know, I'm going to say, Hey, you know, I don't like it when you talk to me that way. Um, you know, I'm not going to tolerate being spoken to like that. Or, um, you know, it makes me uncomfortable when you stay out all night and I don't hear from you. And at three o'clock in the morning, you're not back yet. Um, so my boundary is going to be that, you know, I love for you to go out with your friends, but I want to at least know when you're coming home or I would like to see some respect there, something like that. Right. Um, cause we're protecting our own mental health. We're, we're protecting our own well being. We're saying, Hey, this isn't working for me. You know, this is how this has to be. It's not to control. It's not to punish. It's not in retaliation to someone else setting a boundary. Um, I think it would be okay if, for example, you're having a boundary conversation with someone and that person says, Hey, I've noticed that in our relationship, we're having, you know, this little problem here. Um, so this is a boundary that I'd like to set for myself. It's okay for you to be like, that makes sense. And I would like to adopt that boundary as well. Um, or that makes sense. And I would like to add that, you know, I've also been feeling this way and this is something that might work for me. That's okay. It's a calm conversation. You're both communicating your needs. Um, and you know, recognizing that these are some things that the relationship needs or whatever that looks like. Um, when an abusive person sets a boundary, it is most of the time in retaliation. A lot of times what happens is when you set a boundary, it's because you realize that they're trampling over your boundaries, that they're not respecting you, that they're treating you like crap. And you're like, I can't do this anymore. This is my boundary. And so they see a slip in the control that they've enjoyed having over you for weeks or months or years. And so all of a sudden they're going, well, this is my boundary. And most of the time it's going to be the opposite of whatever you have just said. And here is a great example because both the person that I was talking to at the time and myself experienced this one. I feel like this is going to be a really common one. So abusive people like to start fights right before bed. I've talked about this in a previous episode. I think it's called something like, why can't I sleep? It's me talking about my journey with abuse induced insomnia, um, where you have an abusive person who's pretty much making it so that you're always tired. I talk about the reasons why they do it, what it can look like and things like that. But one of the things that they can do is to start a fight right before bedtime. You're already tired. You have to get up tomorrow. Um, whatever is going on, it's going to be 10 p.m., 10:30 p.m., and they're going to throw a just bombshell at you, and they're going to start an argument, or they're going to, you know, throw that bombshell at you and then try to roll over and go to sleep, something like that. Well, that's more along like the sleep abuse lines. But so they throw a bombshell at you. They get you into this long circular argument with the word salad. It's just mumbo jumbo. You don't really remember what the conversation or what the original issue was. They're going on and on. It's been an hour. It's now 1130. You're looking at the clock. You're like, I have to be up at six. Now it's hour and a half to two hours. And all of a sudden you say, Hey, I can't do this anymore. I'm tired. 
I have to go to work tomorrow or I have to get up and take care of the kiddo tomorrow. I'm going to go sleep in the other room. And so you get up to go sleep in the other room and all of a sudden, so your boundary is I'm tired. I need to take care of my well-being tonight. I can no longer do this with you. I'm going to go to sleep and the other room feels safe to me. So I'm going to do that. And they come at you with absolutely not. We sleep together every night. We agreed that we would do this. We cannot sleep without each other. That's not what we do in this relationship. I can vividly remember a time that that happened. And y'all, the thing about that is, do you know how many nights that I slept in my son's room because I, you know, he woke up and I went in there and slept in his room or they fell asleep drinking, watching Netflix on the couch and didn't ever come to bed or didn't even come home that night because they were out drinking with friends or whatever. We never had this rule that we had to sleep in the same bed. Like this was our agreement in our relationship. Um, obviously like that makes sense. Like most people, if you are in a partnership, you probably are going to sleep in the same bed if that's what y'all do. Um, some people don't, some people are actually genuinely together and have a great relationship and sleep in separate beds or rooms. And that's totally fine. Right. One of them is a light sleeper gets up early or something like that. But all of a sudden their boundary is the exact opposite of the one that you just said. So I'm going to go to sleep. I can't do this anymore. Oh no, I'm losing control. She's starting to realize what's going on here. Let me set it a very controlling boundary to get her to come back. And the one that I'm recalling vividly, I did not go back. I was like dug in at this point in time. It was either after we had broken up or around the time that we broke up, but still lived together. So I didn't give in to that, but that is 100% what they're doing. I don't know about y'all and I don't know each and every abusive person in the entire world, but my abuser never set a boundary that made sense. They never set a boundary that wasn't in retaliation or, you know, done in order to gain back the control that they were losing. So those are two very different things. Um, and I really want you all to be able to recognize the difference. Like, obviously if, if we're having, if we're in like a not abusive relationship or partnership or friendship or coworkers or whatever, and someone sets a boundary that you're not used to having, it can be painful and it can be confusing. And there's this initial, like, mm, I don't know how I feel about that. But at the end of the day, it's so important to respect people's boundaries and for people to respect ours. Um, you know, we're made to feel like when we set boundaries that we're dramatic, that we're too much, that we're controlling, that we're bad, that we're selfish, all of those things. And that's not the case. My coach said to me yesterday, right before I was coaching someone, because we're working on my boundary setting, um, setting a boundary is not the opposite of being nice because I'm like, well, I can either choose between being nice and letting this person trample over my own boundary, or I can set, you know, set this boundary and stick with it and feel guilty and feel bad. Setting a boundary is not the opposite of being nice. You're not being mean or cruel. You're simply taking back your own power and taking care of your own self. You know, even if that person's not abusive, they are not respecting your boundaries or, you know, if, even if you've never said the boundary, they're going, well, you know, she said that she needed some, you know, she said she needed a one break a week from the kids. So she's, you know, she said every Sunday she was going to go do her thing, but she hasn't left yet. So let me see if I can just get her to stay a little bit longer. So it's less time that I have to take care of kids by myself. I don't know. Um, so even if the boundary hasn't been set, you know, people just, we again did not learn how to set boundaries or to receive boundaries. So it can be yucky and it's okay to tell the other person, this is new to me. You have never set this boundary and I hear you. It's going to take me a minute to like get used to that. So, you know, 
if that happens again, please just really kindly, gently remind me. Because it is, I do feel a little bit rejected by this boundary. I just feel really off by it. But I also understand. So again, if I have that moment of not respecting your boundary, just give me a nice, like loving reminder that that's a new boundary for you because I want to work on respecting that for you. Those kinds of conversations are great and amazing, but you're never going to have that with an abusive person. They're never going to say that makes sense to me, or, you know, I wasn't aware that what I was doing was harming you. I'm so glad you shared that with me. That is just never going to happen. So when you have that happening with that abusive person and they're plowing right through your boundaries or, you know, immediately setting a boundary to cancel out the one that, that you just set, that's not good. <laughs> Obviously, if you're here, you know, we're talking about all this stuff that's not good. And the end goal is pretty much always to try to get out of that relationship. Obviously, you're not leaving tomorrow. If you're already out, you know, you're, you're hopefully listening to this and, and having some awareness and education that maybe you still needed some closure or understanding about from whatever you went through in the past. But, you know, and, and then this gets into like, when we try to leave, those boundaries are definitely going to be trampled on because they're losing all of the control over you. Um, which I have on my list to do an entire episode about, um, narcissistic collapse and, or, uh, post-separation abuse, which is a really nasty beast that none of us should ever have to deal with, but is pretty common response of abusing people when you're trying to leave. So we'll definitely get into that, uh, in the next week or so, but I really wanted to just come on here and highlight those two differences because again, we should all be able to set boundaries and we should all be able to do that in a healthy way. Um, if your boundaries are not being respected, you're not going to feel good. Probably not going to sleep well. You're not going to feel like you're safe in conversations. You're just going to feel yucky. There's no respect here. And if you're having someone set boundaries with you only because you set a boundary or only because you wanted to make a change, you know, all of a sudden you've realized you're isolated and you're like, I want to start making friends. I want to start, you know, going and hanging out with friends. And now they're guilting you and they're trying to set a boundary, quote unquote. Well, you know, I don't like it when you go out because I don't trust you because three years ago, your ex-partner sent you a Facebook message saying that they still cared about you. Okay, well, that has nothing to do with me. It's not my fault. I never responded because you told me you were uncomfortable with it. Didn't matter to me why are you making me like, why are you setting this boundary? Like they, again, they just don't make sense. They simply do not make sense. Um, so, you know, I, I don't have much more to say about like in this episode, like how do we fix this? Because the answer of how we fix this isn't in staying with the other person. It's not in setting boundaries with the abusive person. Again, we're not talking about healthy relationships where you can both try to work on things, even though it is hard to figure out how to set and respect boundaries. Um, you know, when we've gone our whole lives without having to do that. Um, the answer is not to try to set boundaries with an abusive person. And it's, it's not to accept the boundaries that they're hurling at you that make no sense. The answer is to get away from that person. And again, I'm not going to go into much more on this because you know, and I've made episodes about it. You can't just leave. You're not going to get up and leave tomorrow. That's not how abusive relationships work. But knowing that this is happening and knowing that it cannot be fixed, it's not something that they're going to go to therapy for and listen to with a therapist and say, oh, okay, 
well, I just don't know how to, you know, understand boundaries. So let me start working on this. They might do that, but if they do, they're just manipulating you and the therapist, right? So the end goal here with this whole boundary conversation is to start working our way, start making strategic plans, um, start trying to get away from, from these abusive people. I have to wrap this up. My computer just beeped at me that my battery is going to die. So really quick, LGBTQ support group one Saturday a month. Um, anyone, any LGBTQ person is welcome there. It is with myself and Trey De La Torre. Um, you can go to my website, thelindsaygoodman.com to book that and to book any of my one-on-one -on -one coaching services. It's all in the same place now. So that should be easy. Like I said, I have multiple coaching packages available for you to check out. I'm going to wrap this up before my computer dies. Thank you all for hanging out with me. Let me know if you have any questions. I'll see you all next week. Take care of yourselves and go drink some water.